welcome to the Let's Go Racing Family Podcast, sharing our love for NASCAR, running, and just racing through life. Hosted by Sebastian, Giovanni, Karen, Tony, and me, Johan. Each week, we'll talk about our view of the world through the lens of racing. And to start off our topics, race two of the NASCAR iRacing Pro Invitational Series here at Virtual Texas. And wasn't it a fun race with our winner, Timmy Hill? We got some exciting action out of it. What were your guys' thoughts on it? Yeah, it was definitely a fun race. Again, we were very excited for Timmy Hill to win. And I think I was more excited because he was just driving a regular, like it looked like a car steer, like a games gaming steering wheel. And it just reminded me of Giovanni playing on his, on the computer with his steering wheel. And I thought that was just, it was pretty neat. So I'm going to be really honest with you guys here. I really didn't know who Timmy Hill was before this season started. And all I knew of him was a guy that was running in the back. He didn't have a lot of funding in his team. I didn't know much about him. And I felt like today I got to know him a little bit because I got to see him, like like mom said, I got to see him in his house playing this game. He didn't have the fanciest rig, but we got to see a little bit about him, get to know him, and then you start rooting for a guy. Did you know, I, had, I, I looked this up, did you know that this win for him, he has not won at the cup level yet, but this is, guess how many wins this is for him in the I-Series, I-Racing Series? How? Guess a number. Fifteen. One thousand. Fifteen. Thousand. Well, he obviously seems like a good eye racer after what we see how he's been performing for the past two races. And he looks like he's in good contention. I'd say he has about 300 to 500 wins. Okay. Over 100. 674 was what he won today. That was his 674th win. And he has started or played or raced 1,600 times. So he obviously does really, really well. Um, we've heard from other drivers that have talked about the fact that a lot of the drivers that are in this iRacing, well, half of them ha- have a lot of experience and the other half doesn't. So I thought it was really cool to see that mix and to see different uh, different drivers um, win and, and get to know some drivers that otherwise we wouldn't know. Yeah, we so- actually just learned um, a little bit ago that a lot of the um, drivers that are in NASCAR, the younger drivers, are actually from the iRacing Pro League. And, um, and and actually, Jeff Gordon mentioned that Timmy Hill has a lot of talent. He, unfortunately, is just in a car that is not, doesn't That's have well the best. Funded. Yeah, well-funded. Thank you. That's the word. Yeah, that is not well-funded. But, I mean, like we saw today, he was second week in a row that he's been up there. He finished third last week, finished first this week. Not to mention who he was battling against for the win we saw ryan priest up there there was that tj mccalley guy garrett hunt hunt the garrett guy that they that yeah that michael waltrip interviewed at the beginning of the race was he the taco man and then on priest lightning was all there and then you also had like i think alex bowman or william byron one of them were up there so it's basically the the zoomer so it's not your usual you know, top drivers on like the actual tracks that were up yeah, there. It's the well, young I guys. Think, I think it's, well, I think it was a mix and I think that's, what's important about it. You have drivers like Jimmy Johnson, Kyle Busch, 
uh, Dale Earnhardt Jr., who I'm very excited is racing up there. Those are the drivers everybody knows are going to bring people to watch on TV. But then it gives an opportunity for these other drivers like a Timmy Hill who may not get that much publicity may not be spoken about a lot it gives them a chance to kind of shine and to be honest i'm very excited now i know who this guy is and i'm going to be watching for him obviously he knows how to wheel a car around a track i know it's virtual but there is some skill in that and i'm very excited to see where that goes so johan what did you think of the race did you think that uh jimmy johnson did a little bit better this week mm-hmm. um i saw that he had a circle stereo this time, not like one of those indie ones, because he did much, much better. He finished on the lead lap and got ninth. Oh, that's really good. I didn't realize. So he got a top 10 this week. He also stopped drinking water. <laughs> In the middle of the race? Yep. He also looked like he wasn't, uh, he might have been in it, maybe it was his garage. Uh, it kind of reminded me at one point, I don't know if, it, if this is the case, I thought it looked a little bit like the Hendrick shop. Remember when we went and did the tours and we went into the different buildings? I almost felt like it was one of those, but I mean, then again, his house probably is gigantic and looks like that. So, um, But you were excited, Johan, to see your man up there, weren't you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was so excited. And your other guy, your new driver, once Jimmy Johnson retires, what? tell our audience who that is. Chase Elliott. And how did he do today? Mm, not half bad. Not half bad. Wasn't he up there at one point? Yeah. But then I think on um, Pitts, he went to the back, but then he finished like in the field. I don't know where. You don't know where he finished? But well, I do remember at one point I thought he was in the top five. I don't know. Do you remember him being in the top five? Mm, I think he was in like the top Three, four, five, but um, yeah, I think he was in the top three. Okay. Or five. Well, you know what? You know what's super exciting? The fact that this isn't the last one. We got another one coming up next week. So, Sebastian, why don't you tell us about that? Yeah. Where are we? Where are they racing next week? Yoan, do you know? Bristol. Bristol. Love Bristol. Oh, we're getting a short a track. track. I like that one. I wonder how many laps it's going to be. I don't know. Maybe a lot because um, that's a short track. Uh, well, usually it's a 500, um, 500 lap race considering it's so small. But because it's iRacing, I think they might cut it down to, I'd say, it's, it might be a 300 lap race. Yeah, they, they may double. So we're, we've seen 125 laps for this average, what is it, one mile track one and a half miles i saw i saw that the texas motor speedway is um the same type of track as atlanta motor speedway and charlotte both races racetracks that we've been to so you can kind of get an idea bristol is a lot smaller i think it's less than a mile right yeah Yeah, uh bristol do do you know how how small it is Mm, like i'd say it's about um it's really small half half a mile it's a half a mile a half a mile that track is a half a mile I know who has the advantage a little bit. Who? It may be I may be wrong because Kyle Bush, he's good at that track, but I may be wrong because it's a video game. But he's pretty good. I think one of the other reasons Jimmy was good was because this was Texas and he's like had a lot of wins there and he did pretty good. He's done well at Bristol. Mm-hmm. I mean I know he's won there before quite a bit. But so, this is a Kyle track. Jimmy John. So you're saying Kyle. So you, you're willing yeah. to put your money on Kyle Busch this week? Not exactly. If he runs up there later in the race, 
race, then I'm going to. Because we don't know. We don't even know if he's actually going to race because Gio's favorite driver, Joy Logano, who did race last week at Homestead, didn't even show up today. I was mad. So what happened? What was the deal with that? Was he not invited or was he not available? I'm honestly not sure. I just, I'm just i going to take a wild guess to say that maybe he wasn't just like feeling up to it. And Again, this isn't a points race. So maybe he just wanted to, you know, take some time to relax and uh, chill. That might that might be true. That might be true. It'd be interesting to see who goes there. I would think, knowing your your uh, Kyle Busch, I'm I'm pointing to Sebastian. That's his favorite guy. How competitive he is. Knowing that I heard that he spent a lot of time in the simulator this this week pr- trying to prepare for Texas. I have a feeling that he's going to put a lot of effort. Uh, to do well in Bristol, especially yeah. because, like you guys have said, he's done really, really well in the real and, Bristol track. And he was up there. Like, he was moving a lot in the race. I think, I don't, I feel like he might have more of a long, long race car than a short. So probably that's why he probably fell back on those last couple of restarts. Because he was more set up to do a long run. Yeah. Okay, I get you. Because there's this big portion of the race where they're just, like there's no caution and it's he he was moving up a lot. Yeah. Yes. Yes. G- Giovanni. I honestly think, uh, like Sebastian said, uh, he had a he seemed to have had a long distance car, and uh, I honestly think that's part of like the whole iRacing program that they run because after all, this is supposed to be an ultra realistic program that they're supposed to be running. It's supposed to be as if it's practically real. This isn't like you're. Uh, classic NASCAR Heat 4 that you can play on your PlayStation or Xbox at home. This is a real-time program that can only run top-notch PCs. And that goes to show why, like, the damage looks so good and the tracks and animation look look so realistic. And um, that's, like, another key element. They wanted to make the tracks feel like they're real. And the cars, um, they varied. Well, I think one of the things that we've been hearing a lot about, obviously, is that and know that there's not a lot of there's not sports going on right now, pretty much anywhere in the world. NASCAR is really the only sport that can actually put a product on TV that's pretty darn close. It's not no one. No one is going to argue it's going to replace the real deal. Uh, But the fact that this is so advanced, like Giovanni was saying, I think is the reason why. This has looked so good. It's been so interesting. I mean, I, I recorded our reaction because I knew we were going to be excited at the end of of, of, of a simulator. I, again, I, I can't explain. It's just it's we love NASCAR. So that's part of it. And we were so excited to watch Timmy Hill win and do something he hadn't done with the competitors that he was running against um, with the the cup drivers, all the, the this cup field. But it was very exciting. I think a big part of it is because of how realistic it is. So, um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm super excited. And so they're going to Bristol this week and I'm happy to, to watch it again next week. So one thing I actually, uh, I've been thinking about with Bristol is pit stops because this t- today at Texas, there were a lot of like problems, like cars were like spinning as they entered and that's Texas. But imagine Bristol, this half a mile raceway that you have like, and it's a virtual this time. So I I predict there's going to be a lot of like incidents on pit road. A lot of cautions, you think? I know yeah. I'm really bad at Bristol. Whenever I try playing that race, I always spin out first lap. It's hard. It's really, really hard. I, the one thing we, we kind of talked about before, 
um, was the fact that the difference between this real racing and this eye racing is is the feel of the car and and you they can do everything they can simulate the way the car will handle the steering wheel the the way that the uh the 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 way the car the engine will respond and all of that but the one thing you cannot replicate is that feeling when the car starts to slide up and down the track and the drivers will react in bristol is one of those tracks where I think it's probably more than ever. Because like you said, Gio, every time I've played NASCAR on any kind of video game and I played the Bristol track, it's always the hardest. Because you go into that turn and you think you have more and the turn is so short, it's a half a mile around the track. So, uh, yeah, I think that's one thing that's missing from it. Yeah, see best. With all these um, potential wrecks, do you think they're going to give them more resets? Like, we had two resets last week at Homestead, but only one this week at Texas. I don't know. What do you think? See, uh, uh, Johan, what do you think about that? I honestly don't know. Because I think they still might do one because they want you to think that it's kind of like a real race, but it's a simulator. That's a really good point, Johan. The fact that they had two resets the last week Drivers were more willing to take a risk, right? But this week, because they only had one reset, they had to be more careful, right? Is that what you're saying? And they had to treat it like a real race. Was that what you were saying? Yeah. So I think they might do it for the rest of the iRacing series. Yeah, that is true. I, I did realize that or, um, that there were less wrecks in uh, this week's race than last week. Um, so yeah, the drivers were forced to be more careful with the way that they were driving and making sure they weren't wrecking. Um, so yeah, they may not allow more resets. That'll be interesting. Last word on this topic, Gio. Yeah. I honestly think that it varies and it depends on the track's length, size, um, how, how wide it is because after all, Homestead is a longer track, and uh, Texas is a shorter one, which now that I realize that they probably should have given Homestead one reset and maybe Texas two because it's a smaller track and it's easier to get wrecked on, and I think they might do that at Bristol. And if we get more iRaces, possibly at Martinsville, I think drivers are going to have a lot of resets for that one. So, so I take it, so you believe they're going to give them more resets. Sebastian, I think, believes they're going to give them more resets. And I think Johan, me and mom, we believe that they're going to probably keep it at one to keep it more real. So we'll see what happens. It'll be interesting as this kind of evolves and develops and we'll see what drivers are invited and uh, have to race, race in. Um, so yeah, I'm super excited for Bristol this week. Yeah, I'm very excited for Bristol. Speaking of Bristol, that was one track that we went to. We got a chance to visit that track. I want to say 11 years ago. Yeah. Um, about 11 years ago, we got to go out there and I think it's been my favorite track to visit. Uh, so we're the crazy family that travels around the country and we actually go to racetracks and take the tours that they have there. And we got to experience Bristol firsthand. We got to go up into the, um, the box, the suites, the suites, which were incredible. Uh, we got to take a test run of the track and in a van, and then they let us get out and walk 
on that um, banking. And if you've ever been on banking in any other tracks like Daytona or any of them like that, this one at Bristol is incredible. The the banking, it you feel so heavy. It almost feels like you have bricks on your feet as you're walking up. It was a very, very cool experience. The whole thing about Bristol, everything, how small it is. You almost feel like you're in a, a stadium. It feels oh, yeah. like a stadium. It doesn't feel like a, a track. It feels more like a stadium because it's so small and closed in. But it was just a really neat experience. I don't know if other than uh, Tony, if any of the boys, the older boys remember Seabass, I think you're the anything, you're the only one that probably would have remembered that they of, like. Yeah. yeah. What was there Food City on the track? There probably was. Okay. There probably was. Not, that's probably all I, I think so. And like Mom said, that track because it felt it feels like a real stadium. Do you know what the nickname of that? The Coliseum. The last great Coliseum. Great job. That was a good one. But yes, it's known as the last great Coliseum. It is. It was. I will tell you. It was super cool when we did that tour. I know that the, the two of you older boys were there. Unfortunately, Johan, you weren't born yet, so we owe you a trip to Bristol. But it was like Mama said. It was super exciting to take that tour to have the whole track to ourselves. And so anybody that's listening, if you're somewhat interested in NASCAR or you're a fringe fan, I would tell you it's actually a pretty cool experience to go check out these tracks, the last great Coliseum in Bristol, Tennessee to see what it's like and to have it basically all to yourself. We went up to Bruton Smith suite, like Karen was saying. He's the, he's, uh, the owner, the executive uh, over Bristol. And then we got to do the walk up the banking. And yes, it is super high. It's higher than Daytona's banking, right? Yes, it is. It's a lot, a lot steeper. So one of the things that I think is super cool about Bristol is that we were actually there for something completely different. And Tony said, hey, let's go see if we can find the Bristol Speedway. And we were driving around and like most tracks, they're usually out, you know, out of the city, away from the city. And so we were driving and it's a lot of country. We were driving and all of a sudden we see this just monstrous building just in the horizon. And it was almost like I grew up in California and it was like going to Anaheim back before there were lots of buildings and it was more orange groves and you're driving and then you see the Matterhorn and you're like, wow. oh, my goodness, it's Disneyland, you know, and that's how I felt as we were driving. I was like, oh, it's Bristol, you know, and I've only seen it on TV. And so it was a really cool it was a really cool thing um, to see this again. It, it's it's a giant building structure compared to any, everything that's around, even though it is a very small track. But it was just it was a lot. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, and there's are. a catchphrase for it. What is it? It's Bristol, baby. That's right. That is the catchphrase. Do you know how many people will actually go see a race on race day? How many people they get in that stadium? 10,000. 166,000. No, yeah, over 160,000 fans. And the, and the thing is, unlike Daytona or even Indianapolis, where it's much more open, because it's smaller, that's why it feels like that stadium. And it's super, super exciting. And so that's one of the cool things that we've gotten to do because you guys all like NASCAR, because mom is into NASCAR and, and is open-minded about these things. Even if we don't have a race uh, in front of us, we don't have tickets to a race. If we're by a track and we haven't been there, we're going to go check it out. 
Uh, so uh, we'll try to talk a little bit about that every time we go to different uh, races or different tracks around the country. Yes, Gio. I would actually love to go to a race at Bristol because I do really like how the seats are entirely wrapped around the track. And I think that's a really cool and unique. And I honestly have never been to a track like that. And I think it would be a fun experience. Trust me, it will be. I've been to uh, at least one race that I can remember I'm trying to remember who won that race. But I what I do remember about it, that was the race that Jeff Gordon got into it with Matt Kenseth at the end, because I believe Jeff Gordon was leading and Matt Kenseth. I don't know if he won the race or not, but he bumped Jeff Gordon. And I remember sitting outside of uh, turn one. So looking down uh, the start finish line after the race was done, they came in a pit and then all of a sudden the crowd went crazy. And you're thinking they're celebrating the winner. No, it was because Jeff Gordon went after Matt Kenseth because of that last bump and run. So uh, it'll be super interesting to see this week what happens. Uh, that's right. I forgot you went to Bristol. Yeah, yes. yeah, that's a cool race. Yeah, Gio. I'm sorry, but I think that Matt Kenseth has a big problem with taking out leaders <laughs> and bumping them because I think he's. He's done it a few times. He's done it to Joy Logano. I think he did it to Brad Kozlowski. He really likes bumping those kinds of people. Bump and run, baby. And now it's Tony's Six Degrees of NASCAR, where Tony tries to connect pop culture with NASCAR in less than six degrees of separation. I love this segment because this is our opportunity to prove to people that NASCAR is actually a bigger sport and has more of an impact on our culture than we realize. So for this week, I'm going to nominate Johan to give me someone, a character, or a real person, and I have to connect them to NASCAR as quickly as I can. How is Robert Downey Jr. connected to NASCAR? Robert Downey Jr. All right. I got this one. I thought you were going to go a different way, but I got this one. Robert Downey Jr., otherwise known as Iron Man, was in Avengers Endgame. Who else was in that movie besides every superhero, Marvel superhero? Ant-Man. Ant-Man is probably the world's biggest Kansas City Chiefs fan. And who won the Super Bowl this year? The Kansas City the Chiefs. The Kansas City Chiefs. What channel was that broadcast on Fox and you know who one of the announcers was Troy Aikman who was an owner for Hall of Fame racing back in the early 2000s that's how Robert Downey Jr. is connected to NASCAR wow and he only did it in five, five takes. takes all right good job Congratulations. I think I got a way to do it quicker all right all right so I think this is quick but Robert Downey Jr. In Avengers Endgame, co-starred with Chris Pratt, who was in Guardians of the Galaxy. John C. Riley was in Guardians of the Galaxy. What comedy movie does Nat with NASCAR does John C. Riley star in? Talladega Nights. Shake and bake, baby. Which is centered around NASCAR. So how many was that? That was like four. four. All right. I think we're tied. Are we tied on that one? Here's some NASCAR trivia. What? was the number of the car that Troy Aikman was an owner of. 66. Nope. Dang it. Dang it. Nope. It was... What was Lightning McQueen's number? 95. 95! 
It was 96. Ha! Wait, what? It was one more. Than Dang it. Yes, that's correct. 96. Uh, what car did Daniel Suarez drive today? 96. 96. Ha! I win. All right. This has been a great first show. I've, ex- I've, I've, I've really enjoyed talking NASCAR with you. But I did want to talk about something, and it is, it is going on in the world. And it's actually one of the reasons why we actually have the time to do this right now. We all know that there is uh, this COVID-19 um, going on in the world, uh, otherwise known as the coronavirus. And out of an abundance of caution, a lot of companies, a lot of organizations, governments are saying we need to do our part and we need to stay home. So we can kind of stop the spread of this virus and, and hopefully uh, help the medical people that, to, to not have to deal with as many sick people. That's the point of us staying home. Because if we stay home and everybody stays home, then you're not spreading it out. And, and, the, and the medical folks can take care of those that they can handle and not be overwhelmed. So it's a very serious time. Uh, there's a lot of things that are changing in the world. Um, you know, we haven't been out of the house as a family in over two weeks. Uh, so, but I don't want it to be a downer here. I want to think about what are some good things that have come out of us having to be on quarantine uh, in our home for the last couple of weeks and probably for another couple of weeks. What I'm going to go around and I want to hear what from you what has been a good thing that, that has come out of this and that you think could come out of this long term. Sebastian. So a good thing that has happened is that I get to be home a lot and I get to do so much stuff, watch movies. I've played through Kingdom Hearts 2. I'm able to do this. There's just so much. And I think a good thing that will come out long term is that we will find a cure or at least some way to get this under control. And that next year when this comes around, it's going to be treated like the flu. Like it's not going to be a pandemic again that we think this is the next plague. Okay. Giovanni. I honestly think it works out as um, some good family bonding time because we're in the house together, doing a lot of things together, probably just chilling and watching movies. Um, I've been calling a lot of my friends and texting them recently, which has been fun. So we get to bond a little more, even though we're not in the exact same room. Um, I've also been able to uh, work on a few videos um, for my YouTube channel and I uh, have been building Legos and stuff and, you know, just been shiny hunting and Pokemon Let's, uh, Pokemon Sword, which has been fun. I don't know what that means, but it sounds exciting. It is. Johan, what's been a good thing? Because we've been in this quarantine and unfortunately we haven't gone out of the house. We haven't been able to go to the theme parks or anything like that for a couple of weeks. But what has been a good thing that has come out of us being together so much? No school. Preach it. <laughs> Preach it. Well, you guys got school tomorrow, but it's homeschool, so. I literally just got to do like three hours and it's probably going to take me two, so I'm good. And we have all day, basically, not all day, but three hours, but 12 o'clock, then we can do our stuff. Worst stuff? Like what? Do what we like to do. What these guys are saying. Oh, okay. Like play games and watch movies and stuff. I heard worst. I think he just said our stuff. Oh, our stuff. Oh, I thought he said worst stuff. Mama Bear Karen, what's been something good that you think will come out of this or has come out of uh, us having a quarantine? The timing of all of this happened to land on spring break time. So the boys have literally had two weeks of spring break now before they're starting distance learning. So it's been nice to have some rest and relaxation. For me, it's basically just slowing down from the fast-paced, you know, routine of life. 
and um, got to do some things around the house um, that I hadn't had a chance to do prior to the quarantine. And I'm a homebody, so I'm all about staying indoors all the time. Um, I have to say, like, we're very fortunate because we all like each other very much. (laughs) And so, you know, being at home. Most of the time. Yeah. Being at home all the time, 24 seven. Um, cause I I didn't realize this till yesterday. My sister-in-law said, so how's it going being indoor, you know, being at home with your husband 24 seven. And I said, actually, I just didn't, I just realized that we've been together 24 seven. That's true. Since March 13th. So, and it's been good. It's been good. I really have enjoyed just relaxing and being at home without the pressure of, oh, I have to take the kids to school and I got to make lunches and I have to go to work and then I have to be back and pick this one up from this place and pick one down from up place and then cook and then clean. And so it's been really nice to be home. I have, um, I've been, I've enjoyed it. It is a very scary time. And um, I'm glad that we have been asked to stay home to contain it so that it doesn't continue to spread. Well, I'll just tell you guys, I think obviously the bonding time, some of you said this, I think that's been a a blessing. Uh, I feel very fortunate that I like you guys enough that we can do that. I want to do something like this, like a podcast. Um, I had, I've always had a dream to do talk sports and to be able to, uh, bring a little bit of that to life with my family during this time is uh, is actually a, 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 a change of pace and a, a very nice distraction to keep my mind off the pressure and stress of what's going on in the world. So, um, you know, we've always talked about doing this podcast, but I think the fact that this has happened now and the world just changed so quickly, it was like we knew we were going to be locked down for a while. So we got the equipment and we said, there's no better time than now to do it. And so I will say that that is hopefully, well, I know already that's a great thing that's come out of it for us. And, uh, you know, maybe we'll reach some people and uh, at the end of the day, get some new NASCAR fans and help people kind of get a little bit of a distraction during otherwise a very stressful time. Guys, I just want to thank you. Guess what? This is our first show, our first actual show recording and hopefully the equipment held and the card actually recorded the entire show, or I will be crying <laughs> tears. Hopefully it's tears of joy because it sounds so great and not tears of sadness because we have to do this all over. But this was our first show. I just want to congratulate you guys. I want to thank you for, for doing this. Thank you. This has been fun. Johan, what'd you think? It was not good, but awesome. All right. Awesome. Seabass? Enough said. Enough said. All right. Turn it over to our closer, Giovanni. Well, guys, thank you so much for listening on in and giving us a bit of your time. Anyway, we want to thank you, and we ask you to like, subscribe, and hit that notification bell down there that we get notified whenever we upload a brand new episode. Let's go racing, family! Out! Out!